My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel intercede for me. <clears throat> a number of years ago in Asia, I asked a six-year-old fellow how many persons there were in the Blessed Trinity. And very confidently, he said four. And so I was curious to find out who were the four persons in the Blessed Trinity. And so I asked him, and who are the four? And he said, Lucia, Francisca, Jacinta, and Mother Teresa. He was from a very good Marian family, had a lot of piety, but it also brought home the point of the importance of doctrinal formation for children. So as to know the important points of our faith. <clears throat> the Catechism tells us that there is a hierarchy of truths in our faith. And at the top of that hierarchy is the Blessed Trinity. And today we celebrate the Feast of the Blessed Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teach them to observe all the commands I gave you and look, I'm with you always, yes, to the end of time. To a large extent, in the Old Testament, God reveals himself as one, although there are references to the Blessed Trinity. But it's in the New Testament that God is more revealing of himself as a triune God. And so we get to know a little bit more about the Father and the Holy Spirit. Our Lord said, I and the Father are one. Ask anything in my name and the Father will grant it. I will send you the advocate to be with you all days, even until the end of the world. And so little by little over time, God lets us know more about himself as three in one. Three persons in the one divine nature. Nature describes how we act. Human persons act according to our human nature. God acts according to his divine nature. And so there are three persons in God acting according to that one divine nature. And we also have revealed to us in scripture that God is love. The Holy Spirit is the love of the Father for the Son. The Catechism tells us that the Blessed Trinity is an eternal exchange of love. Pope Benedict in his encyclical Deus Caritas Est, God is Love, says that every act of charity is a manifestation of Trinitarian love. 
And so God pours his love out into our souls through the sacraments. The charity of God is poured into your heart through the sacraments, through the Holy Spirit, St. Paul says. And that love is meant then to find expression in our concern for others. All this is a manifestation of Trinitarian love. We are called to love. The Christian vocation is a vocation to love. The church is a manifestation of love. If you think of every act being a manifestation of Trinitarian act of charity, being a manifestation of Trinitarian love, think of all of the healthcare acts of charity performed by the church in the last 20 centuries and all the work of the educational institutions all over the world it's like the church is giving a great manifestation of trinitarian love to the whole of humanity john paul ii liked to talk about how the Blessed Trinity is a communion of persons and it's a life-giving communion of persons because the love of the Father for the Son gives rise to the Holy Spirit. He also liked to say that the family is a communion of persons and marriage is a communion of persons. He says it's a life-giving communion of persons. The more a family is open to life and gives life, the more they reflect the Blessed Trinity. And so John Paul lifted up the whole of marriage and family life onto a Trinitarian level. Food for thought. And so we can ask the Blessed Trinity to come and live in our souls in grace greatest way for man to live on this earth is in the state of grace. God is in his soul. And if God is in our soul, well then God will make himself felt in our soul and from our soul will radiate the effects of Trinitarian love. And so there is no greater thing that a human person can do than to live in the state of grace and to die in the state of grace. Hence our concern that people around us would live the life of grace. And the opposite is also true. If God is not in our soul through mortal sin, well, then the devil is there. And if the devil is present in many souls, and if they're ruling an organization or a family or a country, well, then, of course, the fruits of the devil will be seen. And so this is where the church says that the social sins of society are always a consequence of personal sin, the accumulation of the personal sins of men, oppression, misery, injustice, corruption. If we want to do something about these things and to end these things, the first priority is to try and be concerned that all men would live in the state of grace. Hence the importance, the great social importance 
of the sacrament of confession, for the changing of society, so that we allow the Blessed Trinity to act in our soul. This day is a very good day to give thanks to the Blessed Trinity. Gracias tibi Deus, gracias tibi, vera et una trinitas, una et summa deitas, sancta et una unitas. Give thanks to the Blessed Trinity for all the gifts that God has given to you in the course of your life, particularly those that you're unaware of, anonymous gifts, silent gifts, things we take for granted every day, our sight, our hearing, our two legs, our two arms. St. Paul says to the Romans, all who are guided by the Spirit of God are children of God. What you received was not the spirit of slavery to bring you back into fear. You received the spirit of adoption, enabling us to cry out, Abba, Father. And so we are children, children of God. When we live with God and bring God into things, well then, things go better. Things are more ordered. There's a certain sense of peace and security peace of the children of God, a consequence of God living in our soul. A little girl in kindergarten class was asked once to explain God or explain the Blessed Trinity. And she said, well, my mummy says that God is like sugar in my milk. When she puts sugar in my hot milk every morning, I can't see the sugar. But when I taste it, I know it's there. And she says, God is like that. We can't see him, but we know he's there. And if my mummy forgets to put sugar in my milk, well, I notice it immediately. And likewise, if God is not present in places, in situations, in people, you also realize that those situations or people or places, they lack a certain divine sweetness that should be there. And if we are children, says St. Paul, then we are heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We are heirs to a wonderful spiritual legacy. It's very good we behave like people who've inherited a wonderful legacy. We want that legacy. We want to have it. it makes us spiritual millionaires helps us to be more effective in all sorts of ways. And so we can ask God to help us to come and get a bit of a glimpse of this great mystery of the Trinity. A mother brought her little daughter to the beach one day and the mother lay down to take the sun and the child went off to make a sandcastle. And as she built her sandcastle, she went down with a little bucket to the water and she filled the bucket with water and she brought it up and she poured it into a sort of a moat that she'd built around the castle. But the water all disappeared into the sand. So she went down and she got another bucket and quite a few buckets of water, but they all kept disappearing into the sand. And she noticed that even though she had taken quite a lot of buckets out of the, out of the water, there seemed to be still plenty of water there. 
And look, she went to her, she went to her mom and said, "Mom, how big is the sea?" And the mother was racking her brains. Now, how do I answer this question? How big is the sea? So she wanted to answer it in a way that the child could understand. And so she said, well, if you were to spend the rest of your life going down to the water's edge with your bucket and filling it with water and coming up and pouring it into your, the moat of your sandcastle, and you did that every minute of every hour of every day for the rest of your life, you would still not exhaust all the water that there is in the sea. And so the child got this idea of the immensity of the ocean. And she was silent for a moment. And then she asked, and is God bigger than the sea? And the mother was very happy because the child had been able to go from the idea of the immensity of the sea and of the ocean to the immensity of God. The greatness of God who fills all spaces and who is everywhere, who is omnipotent. And so it's very proper that occasionally we might pray the Athanasian Creed, where it describes very clearly some attributes of God, the Blessed Trinity. That he's immense, that he's everywhere, that he's omnipotent. It's a creed that dates from the early centuries, reminds us of these great realities. Now, these days, very proper that we might say that little aspiration to be laus, to be gloria, to be gratia maxio. We give praise to you, we give glory to you, we give thanks to you. Humble souls are grateful souls because they realize the greatness of the gift. That realization of the greatness of the gift leads them to want to give thanks. In the preface of today's mass, it says three persons equal in majesty, undivided in splendor, yet one Lord, one God, ever to be adored in your everlasting glory. One of the things that church teaches us to do is to adore God, to make acts of adoration. The mass is an act of adoration. A genuflection is an act of adoration. We could try to genuflect well, teach children to genuflect well. Or the simple process of teaching them to make the sign of the cross well. It can be a thing they will remember for the rest of their life. And the Blessed Trinity has come to bring about a kingdom on earth, God's kingdom. In another preface, the preface of Christ the King, it talks about a kingdom of truth and life. A kingdom of holiness and justice. Sorry, a kingdom of holiness and grace. A kingdom of justice, love and peace. So very beautiful things. It's appropriate that on a day like today, we stop and contemplate the Blessed Trinity. Chesterton, who converted to Catholicism in the 20s, 
said that in our society we grow arid, not for lack of wonders, but for lack of wonder. We may not stop frequently enough to wonder, to wonder at creation, to wonder at the beauty of nature. There's a poem that says, I think I shall never see something as beautiful as a tree. I think that poem was on the internet. You'll find it with those lines. It's a contemplation of a tree and the beauty of nature and the beauty of God coming through each tree that we see or the grass that grows. God is a mystery. We can't fully understand that mystery. St. Rosa Maria liked to say that if God could fit inside our small minds, well then he wouldn't be much of a God if we could understand him with our limited mind. And Pope John Paul has said the dogma of the Holy Trinity can be compared, although all comparisons are nothing but a shadow of the real thing, can be compared to a beautifully cut large diamond with many facets and faces. You have to turn it round and round, trying to capture one by one all the fascinating features. You have to keep turning it over and over again, unsatisfied, knowing that there's still more to it. You look at it under daylight and again under electric light and finally with a magnifying glass while holding it in the palm of your hand. But still the thing is just too much. The way it sparkles, the way it reflects light, the way it breaks into the colours of the spectrum. It's just amazing. Somebody else said it's like a piece of complex machinery, like one of those old fashioned watches with so many interlocking parts. You have to turn it round and round to see if you manage to understand how it functions, how it is put together. This, I think, says John Paul, is what the church has done, as she has distilled over the centuries the contents of scripture, the doctrine of the fathers, and the piety of the common people. The church makes us turn round and round the same truths, makes us look at each one of the facets of the jewel over and over again. It seems repetitious, but in the end, we begin to see some light. In the end, the fundamental features of the dogma are securely identified and grained in our mind and in our life of piety. But Benedict has said the great news of Christianity took place, he says, when the Trinity penetrated space and time. In other words, when Jesus became man. It was the great moment of human history. So many things depended on that. And so we can ask our Lord that we might have an awareness of that great moment, to appreciate it, to thank God for having become man, so that we can really 
make full use of this great of this great truth in our life. Let us not forget it's at Saint Rosa Maria in the furrow. That in all human activities there must be men and women who in their lives and work raise Christ's cross aloft for all to see. As an act of reparation, it is a symbol of peace and of joy, a symbol of redemption, of the redemption and of the unity of the human race. It's a symbol of the love that the most holy trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit had and continues to have for mankind. And so this is the central mystery of our faith and of Christian life. God one and triune. He's very close to each one of us. But Benedict says it's not a simple illumination that breaks the darkness for an instant, but a seed of divine life placed forever in the world and in the hearts of men. Well, these are very profound words, but words that are appropriate to try and help us to delve a little bit into the depth of this mystery. The stupor, says the Pope, and he uses that word, the stupor that the mystery of God inspires, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is the fountain of all the other mysteries of the faith and at the same time, the light that illumines them. The Trinity is a mystery of love among the three divine persons. It's not closed in on itself in a perfect circle of light and glory, but he radiates in the flesh of men in their history. It penetrates men and women and regenerates them, making them sons and daughters in the sun. And so St. Irenaeus said, a living person is God's glory. That human life consists in the vision of God. Believers, he said, can experience intimacy with God himself. Discovering that he's not infinite solitude, but communion of light and love. In this world, no one can see God. But he made himself known so that with John the Apostle we can affirm God is love. We have come to know and to believe in the love that God has for us. For those with faith, all the universe speaks of God one and triune. Everything that exists leads back to a being who communicates himself in the multiplicity and the variety of elements, as in an immense symphony. In this love, human beings find their truth and happiness. And so the greatest thing for human persons to do is to seek after that truth and happiness, which can only be found in God. The more people run away from the goal of their life, well, the, the less they find God. And where one person of the Blessed Trinity is, the other two persons are also present. St. Thomas Aquinas says that 
When God the Son, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, is present in the sacred host and the tabernacle, he said, by divine concomitance, by a mystery we don't understand, the Father and the Holy Spirit are there also. And so when our Lord was dying on the cross, as a human person, he was dying, but that human nature was attached to his divine person. And so the Father and the Holy Spirit were also present there on the cross in some way. St. Peter says that by divine grace, by sanctifying grace, we become partakers in God's nature. Partakers in the nature of God is something incredible. Through these, says St. Peter, the gracious and priceless promises have been lavished on us, that through them you should share the divine nature and escape the corruption rife in the world through disordered passion. And through, through that divine grace, the Holy Spirit dwells in the soul of the just. And so the whole of the life of a Christian <clears throat> is one of talking to, dealing with each of the persons of the Blessed Trinity. We're told in Christ is passing by, the Holy Mass brings us face to face with one of the central mysteries of our faith. Because, because it is the gift of the Blessed Trinity to the Church. It is because of this that we can consider the Mass as the centre and source of the Christian spiritual life. And so when the Blessed Trinity comes into our soul, they bring peace, joy with peace. The Trinity, said John Paul, is not distant or impersonal. To demonstrate the opposite, the Pope explained that the, this presence of the three divine persons is happening at every moment of our life. And so with great reason, St. Teresa of Avila says, let nothing disturb you, nothing frighten you. All things are passing. God is unchanging. Patience gains all. Nothing is lacking to those who have God. God alone is sufficient. We're also told in Christ is passing by that the Blessed Trinity has fallen in love with man. Raised to the level of grace and made in God's image and likeness. God has redeemed him from sin from the sin of Adam inherited by all his descendants, as well as from his personal sins, and desires ardently to dwell in his soul. If anyone love me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. And so we could try to invoke the Blessed Trinity with greater frequency perhaps saying the glory be to the Father calmly and with attention, or making the sign of the cross with a little more care and attention as well. Pope Benedict says the first element of Eucharistic faith is the mystery of God himself, Trinitarian love. 
We should therefore exclaim with St. Augustine, if you see love, you see the Trinity. And that's why love is such a beautiful reality. How everyone needs love, searches for love, is moved by love. Because we see the Trinity. Every charitable act is a manifestation of Trinitarian love. And Our Lady, says Pope Benedict, is another master work of the Most Holy Trinity. Because divine love found perfect correspondence in her. And in her womb, the only begotten Son became man. And so we're told in Holy Rosary, the most blessed Trinity receives and showers honours on the daughter, mother and spouse of God. And so great is Our Lady's majesty, the, the angels acclaim who is she. And so we turn to this masterwork of the blessed Trinity, who can lead us to the Father, to the Son and to the Holy Spirit with ever greater frequency. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.